The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. have your Bible, would you go ahead and turn with me to two verses, 2 Peter chapter 1 and Jeremiah chapter 15. If you have a Bible or some kind of an electronic device that is set to silent, you can turn there. If you don't, that's okay. We've got the, we'll have the verses up here on the screen for you. We're, con- we're uh, concluding actually our series today called Creature of Habit. How many of you enjoyed this series, Creature of Habit? I don't know about you, but I, just so you know, let me let you in on a little something. Most of the time, these series minister to me as much as anybody, okay? So God just kind of takes me on a journey, and then I invite you to kind of go along with me. But I know for me, it's been very impactful for me over the last six weeks, beginning this year, to look at the habits of my life and to uh, grab this habit nature that we all have and, and take more possession of it so that we can, you know, have the kind of life that God has called us to have. It's been very impactful for me. And over the last several weeks, we've been talking about some of the keystone habits that we need to develop in our life. And a keystone habit is just a habit that is an influencer habit. It's a habit that if we can put it in place in our life, it will lead to other good habits in place in our life. And so today we're going to conclude our series by talking about an extremely important habit that we need to have in place in our life, a keystone habit, which is loving God's Word. If you're taking notes this morning, we're going to talk about the habit of loving God's Word. And to help me with this, I brought out my wonderful, beautiful wife, Sarah. Would you guys give her a hand this morning? Uh, Because not only does Sarah have a great love for the Word of God, but she also has some really amazing teaching when it comes to loving God's Word that that we're going to share with you today. So uh, this is going to be a lot of fun, and as we jump into this today, I want to start with kind of a little exercise in imagination. So I want you to imagine something with me. Imagine that you're at home, you know, sitting on the couch, watching TV, doing whatever it is that you're doing, and all of a sudden you get a knock on the door. You walk over to the door, you open it up, and there's a guy standing there that you don't know, and he has this giant stack of papers in his hands, this humongous stack of papers. And he introduces himself to you as, as being a lawyer, and he tells you that uh, this is a legal document, this stack of papers is a legal document that outlines a, a massive inheritance uh, that you are an heir to. And he, he lets you know that you are a blood relative to one of the most richest and most powerful people in all of the world. And, and he tells you that inside this document, inside these papers, is, is a complete description of the rights and the benefits that come with being an heir, a blood relative to this person. And then he bids you farewell. He turns around, walks away, and, and leaves you with the paper. So you're sitting there, excited. You know, you have all these papers, and you go back into your house, you sit down at the dinner table, and you begin to start thumbing through them, trying to figure out what is yours. But a problem quickly arises as you begin to do this, and the problem is this. You don't understand what you're reading. You can't figure out exactly what this document is saying because you don't speak legalese. And so you know there's something there for you, but you can't quite figure out what it is. Now, let me ask you something. In that moment... Would you just take those papers and just stick them up in a closet and just kind of give up on the whole thing? Or, or would you start doing some research? Would you start studying? Would you start working hard to figure out what is inside that document? Would you bring in some outside counsel or some people that may be able to understand it a little bit better because you know there's something in there for you? How many of you would be willing to do that? I, I know I would. Now, you maybe are starting to figure out where I'm going with this, but here's where I'm going with this. This book... Uh, the Bible, the Word of God, 
is a legal binding document that describes and outlines an inheritance that belongs to me and you as children of God. See, when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you became a blood-bought relative of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood so that you could become a part of the family of God. And when you receive Jesus into your heart and make him the Lord and Savior of your life, you become a part of the family of God. You become a child of God. And as a child of God, you have an inheritance. You have rights. You have privileges. You have benefits and blessings that are yours legally. But here's the thing. If you don't do the work to research and discover and find and get into this book, this document that holds those binding uh, benefits and blessings for you, if you don't get into that and don't discover what they are, you may never experience that inheritance. You may never walk in it. And so today we want to talk to you about how important it is that we get into this. Now look at what Second Peter says here. Second Peter, I told you to turn there earlier. Second Peter uh, chapter 1 verse 3 says this. It says, by his divine power, God has given us Everything. Everyone say everything. Everything. How much is everything? Everything. It's everything, right? Everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him. Now, when it talks about coming to know him, it's talking about coming to know him at salvation, but it's also talking about a continued coming to know him. You come to know Jesus as you come to know the word. As you come to know the word in a greater way, you come to understand the character and the nature and the heart of God for you goes on to say, the one who called us to himself by the means of his marvelous glory and excellence. It's talking about Jesus. Verse 4. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. I love that. There are great and precious promises that are yours, that are for your claiming. And how many of you know, if God makes a promise, it's as good as done, right? Look what it says next. It says this. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So this, these precious promises, they enable you to step outside of this, this natural world, this fallen nature that we're all born into this world with, to step into the nature of God and to rise above the corruption of this world, the problems of this world, the issues of this world. As a child of God, you have claim to great and precious promises. Promises that enable you to overcome this world and live in victory over all the curses that are in operation on this earth. And they are all located within the pages of this amazing book. If you want to know God, you get into this book. If you want to know yourself, you get into this book. If you want to know what's available to you, you get into this book. You learn to love the Word of God. You develop a relationship. Not a a reading program, but you develop a relationship with the Word of God. So today we want to talk to you about cultivating the habit of loving God's Word. Yes, we do. I'm so excited to share with you guys this morning. And I want you to notice that we we didn't call this message the habit of reading God's Word. We called it the habit of loving God's Word because how many of you know there's a big difference between reading God's Word and loving God's Word? And I know this because I used to be a really good reader of God's Word, but not so much a very good lover of God's Word. I grew up in church I think my mom had me at church when I was less than a week old. I was her sixth child, so she was just like, get her, come on, let's go, we're doing this. I think we, we didn't take Gus to church for several weeks. We needed some time to adjust, but I was there less than a week old and didn't miss very many Sundays after that. We were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. If the doors were open, 
we were going to be in church. And one of the things that I was involved in growing up was a thing called missionettes. Any missionettes in here? Anybody do Assemblies of God, missionettes, a few? It's this little Royal Rangers. Yes. (laughs) All right. Um, It's a little program that the Assemblies of God does. And uh, it's actually a great program, but it's taking girls, uh, missionettes is taking girls through the Bible. You start as a prim, then you're a daisy, then you become an honor star or a star, and then you get to be an honor star. And, and the honor star is awesome. It's what all of the little Assembly of God girls dream of being because you get to go from Tulsa to Oklahoma City, and you get to go to the mall, and somehow they have this set up at the mall where there's a runway, and if you get through your, your missionette program, you get to walk the runway at the mall in an all-white dress, and your family is there, and they give you flowers, and there's a crown, and you become an honor star. And it's just like a celebration that you finish the missionette program. And I had seen my friends do it. We had loaded up the church bus and listened to DC Talk all the way to, to Oklahoma City, and I saw my friends Andrea Dyer and Mindy Landis get their honor star crowns and I wanted one and I knew that to get that I would have to complete this this binder of work uh, worksheets and activities and things that they put out for you this program and part of that program was a bible reading program and so it, it would it would list the, the name of the chapters of the bible like Matthew and then next to each each book would have a little square to represent the number of chapters in that book and so they had this that um, you, you were to do this amount of Bible reading, and as you read, you would fill those little boxes in. So if you read Matthew 1, then you go to Matthew and fill in one little box. And if you read Matthew 2, you'd go and fill in two little boxes. The goal being, fill in all these boxes, and that helps you get your crown. And so since I wanted that crown, I did my Bible reading. I, I didn't cheat because I'm a rule follower, and there's no way that I would be able to sleep at night if I would just fill those boxes in and not actually done the reading. So I did the reading, but it was in one ear and out the other. I did not retain anything. I was speed reading, just trying to read as much as I could so that I could feel really good about filling in those little boxes. Well, this mentality of reading my Bible to check the box because it was part of my duty as a Christian girl. That carried over into my adult life, and that's how I would read the Bible. I'm just reading to get through it. I'm not really retaining anything. I don't love it. It's not transforming me. But I can sleep at night because I know that I read my Bible that day. And, and it all changed for me, and, and I went from, from reading God's Word to loving God's Word. And we're going to talk to you about some of the ways that that happened, that change happened in my life. Uh, I like to compare it to this. Think about, um, think about this. Okay, how many of you can remember what you had for lunch two weeks ago on a Tuesday? Probably no one. I don't remember what I had for lunch two weeks ago on a Tuesday. But I do remember what I had for dinner on June 20th, 2012. Now, the reason I don't remember a lunch on Tuesday, because lunch isn't very exciting at my house. It is just basically eating to survive. It's usually a string cheese or a pretzel or crust left over from Sunny's sandwich. It's not something I've put a lot of thought into. When I sit down for lunch, uh, I'm not savoring. I'm just eating because I know if I don't, I'm going to get really angry and in a bad mood. So I'm just eating because I know I need to eat. It's called hangry. Yeah, it's a Hungry, real angry, thing angry. in our go. house. It does exist. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, but, but it's different on June 20th, 2012. That's our anniversary. 
We're going to be celebrating 14 years this June, but yeah, right? Good. And so the, the June in 2012, we got to go to a restaurant that we wanted to go to for a long time called the Lonesome Dove Restaurant. And there's a famous chef there, Tim Love. It's been on Food Network. And I'm the kind of girl that would much rather prefer a really nice meal over jewelry, over roses, over, over anything like that. So we went and... That's why I married her. <laughs> So we went and had a really great meal at the Lonesome Dove. Entrees were amazing. Appetizer was amazing. But the thing that I remember most was the dessert. It was an ancho chili chocolate cake. And this was the perfect bite of dessert. It was sweet. It was rich. But then there was a little hint of spice from the chili. It was so good. Right? It was so good. We're still talking about still it still talking about it four years you'd put, later you put this bite of food in your mouth and it would just kind of dissolve into heavenly flavors like <laughs> magic took place like ratatouille when he's eating the cheese and like uh-huh. spark, sparks yeah. are shooting off of us it's amazing what happened just like that so so we remembered that <laughs> dessert <laughs> uh, no 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 i'm telling you all of this because god's word is compared to food uh, throughout the Bible, it, it, always, it talks about the bread of life. And, and one of my favorites is Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. Look at this with me. It's on the screen. It says, your words were found. Notice they were found, which means someone was looking for them. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Now, here's how you know. If you're just reading the Bible or you're, loving God's, or, or you're loving the Bible. When you read the Bible, a lot of times it's like a peanut butter and jelly. You're just eating to survive. Not a lot of thoughts going into it. You're just doing it because you know you need to. It's sort of your religious duty. But when you're loving God's word, it's the joy and the rejoicing of your heart. It is to you like that ancho chili chocolate cake. You are not rushing through it. You are, you, you're, you're, you're enjoying every bite, savoring it. You're talking about it because it's doing something. It's transforming you, and you can't help but to talk about it. It's the joy. It's the rejoicing of your heart. That's the kind of relationship that God wants you to have with the word of God. He wants you to love his word. He wants you to find his word, eat those words. He wants you to savor it, not just eat to survive, not just read to survive, but to savor the word of God. And so we want to help you to develop this as a keystone habit, because like we talked about, keystone habits lead to other habits that develop in your life. And, and the Word of God, getting into the Word, learning to love the Word of God, is going to help you develop all these other habits that you need to have in your life. Now, maybe you're here and you're kind of thinking, I've tried the Word of God, I've tried to read my Bible, and I find myself just kind of not being able to figure it out, not understanding it. I feel like, you know, maybe you feel like you have to have a theological degree, or that's maybe just, you know, you guys are preachers, so of course you're into that. But I'm here to tell you that's, that's not how it has to be. God wants you to love the Word of God. He wants you to develop a relationship with it. And, and here's the thing. This book will put your life together. Look at this verse with me. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17 says, There's nothing like the written Word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part, everybody say every part. Every part. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and is useful one way or another. It's useful in our lives. Showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Now look what it says next. Through the Word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. 
this book is, is life for us. It's a living book that God has given us to help us to develop and go through life and walk in victory and, and become the people God's called us to become. And beyond that, this, this, there's so many benefits that come from, from knowing the Word of God. In fact, I'll, I'll just give you a couple real quick. One is the Word of God is a spiritual weapon that we've been given by God. In the Bible, uh, Paul talks about the, the, uh, the armor of God and the different pieces of armor. The only uh, offensive weapon that is listed when he describes this armor, he talks about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. In, in Hebrews 4.12, it says this, For the Word of God, that's the Bible, is alive and active. No other book can make that claim. No other book is a living book. That Not only we read it, but it reads us, but the Bible It says it's sharper than any double-edged sword. The Bible is a spiritual weapon that God has given us that gives us the power to to fight off the devil. But listen, just like with any weapon, if you don't take it up and and use it, it, it's not going to be effective in your life. We have a part to play in this. We have to take up this sword of the Spirit and get it deep inside of us, put it inside of our hearts so we can fight against the enemy. Another thing that the, the Word of God does is the Word of God is the number one way that you hear the voice of God. You may be here today and you want to hear the voice of God. Listen, this is how you learn the voice of God. You learn the character and the nature and the heart of God through his word. And and you learn the general word of God through his word. And then he can speak to you in more specific ways. But if you're not getting into this word in the general sense and learning the basic truths of the nature of God and who he is and what he asks for you, you can't expect God to be speaking to you more specific things. Because you you could just listen to any voice at that point. You need to know to recognize the voice that's talking to you. And you learn to recognize that voice through the Word of God. The Word of God is alive and active. And that's great, but it's not going to be alive and active in your life unless you take it up and allow it to be. So God's will is found in His Word. It's a weapon. It's a powerful thing, and we need to take this Word up. So today we want to to talk to you about how to develop this, this heart for loving God's Word. And we actually have four points we want to give you this morning, four ways that you can develop the habit of loving God's Word, and they all start with S because I'm really clever and I like to put things together like that, so I, I made it that way. No, you guys need to know that I came up with the S's. She did. Okay? You probably <laughs> noticed my, my points never have like, you know, they're like that, but she's really into it. Like we came up with the points, she was like, this is not going to work. So we went back through and made them They have to kind of tie together. Yes, it has to be the same starting Obvious. letter. Or, right? or say, they, they all start with the letter S and all have three words in them, so boom. Okay. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? Number one is... You complete me, babe. (laughs) Select your measure. Select your measure. Uh, When Josh and I were newly married, we would go over to his mom and dad's house pretty much every Monday night during football season, and we would watch Monday night football with his parents. And this was still when it was really good, and it was Al Michaels and John Madden, and we would order pizza from Mazio's, and I didn't have any little kids to chase around, so I could really be engaged and involved in the game, and it became a really fun tradition for us with his parents. But a lot of times, we'd be sitting around watching the game, and, and either it would be a, a huge... Uh, a huge difference in the score and the game would get kind of boring and his parents would would just start to talk to us about what's going on in their life and like it is when you're always with his mom and dad they steer everything back to God's word and they'd start to talk about the word of God and I remember sitting there as an 18 year old girl and thinking man Josh's mom is just on another level and I'll never be on that level. She knows so much about the Word. She has such a close personal relationship with the Word. It's like she func- filters everything through the Word. How, how does she get like this? She must just be 
really special and, and actually kind of intimidated me and made me think, I, I could never get that much knowledge about the Word of God, so I'm not even going to try. I'll just let those people who love the Word love the Word, and I'll just keep reading like yeah, I'm doing. And I think it's really important for some of you to hear this this morning. As we were going over this this week, and I, I'm not trying to put Sarah on blast or anything like that, but there was a time in our life when we would start talking about spiritual things in our home. My parents would do this, and she would just shut down. And, you, you know, you all know, a lot of you know Sarah today. She's very confident, very strong in the Word of God. But she was not always this way. Uh, she had to develop in this. And there was a time that it was a real struggle for you. Yeah, it was. And then the Lord showed me something. Mark four twenty four. This is the Amplified. This is Jesus talking. He's talking to his disciples, giving them some advice. And he says, and he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study that you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. I love this because it puts us all on an equal playing field. And it shows us that God is a very fair and a very just God. And the measure of thought and study that we put into something is the measure of thought and, or of the measure of thought and study we put into something is the measure of virtue and knowledge that we receive back in other words, we get to pick the measure. Select the, the greatest measure that you can. It, my pastor growing up, Pastor Willie George, did an illustration once with corn and a shovel, and I've never forgotten it. He was talking about something else, but I'm going to totally steal his corn for this. Um, the measure that you put in, this is a little fourth teaspoon, right? The measure that you put in is the measure that you get out. So I wasn't getting a lot of uh, of understanding. I wasn't getting a lot of virtue and knowledge back from the Word of God because I had this tiny little measure, and I'll just read my Bible because that's what I'm supposed to do. And then as I started to, to grow and mature and get hungry for the Word, I started to pick a little bit bigger of a measure. And as I put more thought and more time and more devotion into God's Word, then I started to get a bigger measure back. And so know today that you get to pick the measure, that, that revelation from the Word of God is not reserved for special people. He wants all of us to have understanding and wisdom. So pick the biggest measure. The measure that you put in, uh-oh, sorry, is the measure that you put back. And sometimes it's overflowing, right? Amen. <laughs> so it works the same for everyone. So if you want, you're at a place in your life where you maybe are intimidated by somebody. You see somebody like Beth Moore or Robert Morris or Stephen Furtick or even Pastor Josh, and you think, man... They know so much about the Word of God. That's really awesome. Or maybe you're intimidated by that. And it, I, I want to encourage you to know that the reason that Beth Moore and Pastor Robert and Josh, they have this great virtue and knowledge of the Word is because they've chosen a really big measure. And they've chosen to, de to devote their time and energy. And, and instead of giving the excuse that I don't have enough time, realize that we all have been given the same amount of time. Beth Moore has 24 hours in a day. I've got 24 hours in a day. But the reason that she's able to spout off Scripture and know so much about the Word is because she's devoted her life to her relationship with the Word and her relationship with God. So, so know that you get to pick the measure, and we all have the same amount of time. I, I hear a lot of times, I just don't have the time. Um, but take what you do have and make the most of it, and God will give you back the measure that you put in. Love is spelled T-I-M-E, right? Yes. So yes. put time into it, and, and also put faith into it. Set your expectation. When you sit down to the Word, expect that God's going to speak to you. Expect 
to hear from him. In fact, that kind of leads us to our next point, which is number two, seek the author. Seek the author. Wouldn't it be nice if, let's say you're a high school student in here or you're in college and you're getting ready to take a test, a big math test. Wouldn't it be awesome if as you sat down to take the test, all of a sudden, magically, the author of the math book that from the test you're taking shows up beside you and begins to sit with you and talk with you about the math test and walk you through how to, how to do the math test that you're getting ready to do. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if you're getting ready to cook a big meal for your family and you're really wanting to impress your mother-in-law or whatever it is that you're wanting to do there and you sit down with the cookbook and all of a sudden, magically, the author of the cookbook shows up in the room and begins to sit with you and talk with you about how to, how to put the food together. Wouldn't it be awesome if when we sat down to read the Word... Wouldn't it be cool if the author of the Bible could sit down with us and help us to understand what we're studying and what we're reading? Well, the good news is he can. He can. Let me show you this, all right? Uh, the Bible says this. He makes it very clear that, that all Scripture is God-breathed. We talked about that earlier. And, and what that means is that God wrote the Bible. God wrote it. Now, men actually penned Scripture down. They wrote it down. But those men were inspired by God. And the part of God that they were inspired by was the Holy Spirit. 2 Peter 1, verse 20, 21 tells us this. So, so here's what happened. God spoke through the Holy Spirit to men who wrote down what's in the Bible. So it's written by men who were inspired by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. Jesus said this to us. He said that he was going to send us a helper, right? And the helper was the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit would, would do something. He would guide us into all truth. John 17, 17 tells us that the Bible, the Word of God, is truth. Okay, so let me break this down for you. The Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. When you become a Christian, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and accept and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit within you, you have the author of the Bible living inside of you. And one of his primary jobs and roles in your life is to help you to understand the truth that is found in the Word of God. So when you sit down to read the Bible, you need to call upon the author. And he will come and he will begin to speak to you. When I sit down to read the Bible, I remember my mom telling me this years ago. She gave me a Bible and she said, when you sit down to read this Bible, it's like you're having a conversation with Jesus. And you need to ask Jesus to speak to you through it. And I've just always made that a practice when I sit down to read the Word as I begin my quiet time and I worship and I pray and I spend some time doing those things before I get into the Word, I'm, I'm preparing my heart and I'm setting the table so that the Holy Spirit can come and speak to me. And then I invite Him. I say, as I'm reading my Bible, Holy Spirit, speak to me through your Word today. I recognize you as the author of this book. And I know there's things inside of this that I can't see that you can help me to see. So help me to think thoughts higher than the thoughts of this world. Help me to have the mind of Christ today. Help, help things to jump off the page that I need to understand and see. Help me to get it. If I get stumped on something, help me, to, help me to see it. Help me to understand it. Help me to get a better grasp of who you are and what you have for me through your word. You can call upon the author. So, But listen, you need to seek the author. You need to go after him. You need to invite him in to your Bible study time. Right. It's something that we say at the end of every service here at New Song is, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Or what is God saying to you? That's a good question to start your quiet time off. You know, we've talked before about how you need to have a quiet time. You need to have a set time of day when you are uh, making sure that you're connecting with God through worship, through prayer, and through reading the Word. Now, when you get to your Bible time, you get to your quiet time, 
and it's time to read your Bible, a lot of people go with like a 365-day reading plan. And that's great. If you're doing a plan like that and you love it and it's speaking to you and you feel like it's transforming you, then stick with that. But if it feels like a task to you, like you're just checking off the boxes so that you feel good about yourself, then I want to I suggest that you seek the Holy Spirit and ask him to show you what you need to be studying that morning. Um, and for instance, if you're a new believer and, and you're wanting to learn more about the Bible, I, I believe the Holy Spirit wouldn't say, here, here's a 365-day reading plan, go. Because that'd be really overwhelming. It could start to feel really stale really fast because you don't understand it all. And I would suggest getting a kid's Bible, like the Jesus Storybook Bible. That's our very favorite Bible in our home. And I love it because it's, the theme of the Bible is Every story whispers his name. And from the Old Testament to the New Testament, talks about these stories and ties Jesus into every story. It's amazing. So if you are a new believer, there is no shame in you picking up a Bible like this and reading through it. This if, Bible if ministers to me. If you're not a me. new believer, yeah. that's a great Bible. If it you really have kids, is. buy that Bible today. You ha- it's so so good. There's really so much is. revelation of Jesus throughout the whole thing. It's amazing. So the Jesus Storybook Bible is a great way to just familiarize yourself with some of the foundational stories in the Word of God. And then uh, I'd say this, if you're dealing with something in your life right now, maybe fear, anxiety, you need uh, wisdom on a decision, your 365-day plan might not uh, line up with what God wants to speak to you in the word. And so seek the author. Ask him, um, Lord, I'm, I'm dealing with same, some anxiety, so I'm going to let the spirit, I'm going to break away from this plan. I know we don't like to, I don't like to break away from a plan, but if the spirit is leading, then it's worth it. Break away from the plan and let him lead you in your study. And feed the need. If you're struggling with fear, spend some time studying what the Bible says about fear. If you're struggling with anxiety, if you're struggling with an addiction, if you're struggling in some area, seek help. Let God feed that need in your life so that you can grow and get stronger in that area so you can overcome those temptations. Go to the back of your Bible and and look at your concordance for scriptures that have the word peace in it or get on Google and look up Bible verses that talk about anxiety. Like don't feel like you have to be in this structured thing that you're reading and you're trying to conquer the Bible in a year and that's great if God's put that on your heart. But if if you find that becoming stale, then, then do something else. And I'll say this too. When you're reading your Bible, know that it's not about quantity. When you sit down to read your Bible, it's more about relationship and what God wants to do in your life. So if he wants you to spend a month in Psalm 23, that's okay. You don't have to rush past what he wants to do, what he wants to work out in you and through you. It's okay to spend a month on one verse. You know, it's, it's okay. So, so don't try to master and accomplish and, and, and make your Bible something that you're trying to get through in a, in a really short amount of time. Yeah, it's about relationship. God wants a relationship with you. And one of the ways you develop a relationship with God is you develop a relationship with his word. Don't, don't treat it like a, like a Bible reading plan or a to-do list. Treat it like you're a conversation that you're going to hear from God. He's going to speak to you through his word. And, and let him lead. He's really good at leading the dance. Let him lead. Let him take the, the steps, and you just follow his lead and, and invite him into that. And I'll say this super quick. Proverbs 16, 9 says, The mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. It's okay to go into your quiet time with a plan. I usually go into my quiet time with a plan. I'm going to study this today. But if the Lord starts leading me another way, then I'm okay with the Lord directing my steps because what he has for me is always going to be better than what I had planned for my quiet time that day. All right, point three, got to hustle. Number three, share to remember. Share to remember. Psalm 96, 
verses two through four says, sing to the Lord, praise his name, each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Great is the Lord, he's most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. This is one of my favorite verses. I love publish his glorious deeds. That's basically share. Tell somebody. It says, tell everyone about the amazing things that he does. There's something about when you have to share what you're learning in the word that helps you to remember it. It helps the revelation to be stronger in you. So share, whether it's sharing it with yourself. I I encourage everyone to have a journal, a notebook, that when you're reading the Bible and a scripture stands out, you take time to write that scripture down. Share it with yourself. Share what God's saying to you as you read that scripture. Uh, Share it with your group. How many people are in a new song group? Women's groups, men's groups, sermon series groups. All these people are in groups. I'm going to give you guys a challenge today. I know that, that we communicate. My group communicates through group me. We text each other prayer requests, things like that. What if once a week you're sharing what God's doing in your quiet time? Share a scripture that God is just stirring in your heart. Share with somebody in your life, with your yeah. spouse. Yeah, one of the things we do is we, we, every Friday we have breakfast together. And I know every Friday that we're going to get together and we're going to talk about what God's been saying to us each week. And so um, I'm looking, I'm digging through the Word to find things that I can share with her and that she can share with me. And I don't just wait till Friday. If I get something on a Monday, I'll share it with her. But we, we practice this. We want to share the Word of God with each other. Let me give you another really great one. Social media, right? Let's share the Word of God. Let's share things. Let's share light on, on social media. You know that's what we're called to do? Not, there's so much darkness. Why are we adding to the darkness? Why are we throwing out this junk? We're called to bring light. Yeah. And, and so we need, to, we need to share the light. Sometimes just sharing a verse. Yeah. What if you share a verse and that ministers to somebody else that day? Or what if you share something that God's showing you in, in, in the Word? Just a little point that God's... It doesn't have to be a long thing, but just something God's showing you. What if that points somebody else to some freedom or something right. that they're needing? Let's use this thing as a tool, not to spread darkness, but to spread the light of Jesus Christ into this world. Yeah. Um, number four. Okay, number four. Stock your tool belt. Stock your tool belt. In other words, get the tools to help you study. In, in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 3, uh, Paul is talking to the church of Corinth, and he is kind of aggravated with them uh, because they have not been advancing in, in growing in the Word of God. And, it, and it's, it's frustrating to him. You can, you can sense it in 1 Corinthians 3, his frustration. But he says this in verse 2. He says, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. <laughs> and Paul is saying to these guys, listen, I can't, I'm just still giving you the basics of, of the gospel, the basics of Jesus, because you're not ready for anything more. You're not advancing. You're not growing. Listen, God wants you to grow. He wants you to develop. He doesn't want you to stay in these elementary stages of your relationship with him. He wants you to grow. And a great way that you grow is by getting into the word, is by developing and digging through the word to grow. Hebrews 5 verse 13 says this, No one who lives on milk alone can know the ins and outs of what it means to be righteous and pursue justice. That's because he is only a baby. But solid food is for those who have come of age, for those who have learned through practice to distinguish good from evil. There's some of you in here that you need to hear this today. God wants you to not just be spoon-fed the word, 
You don't just need to count on me every week, spoon-feeding you from the Word of God. You need to be digging into it yourself. You need to move past being a baby. Listen, milk is, is great, okay? It's, but, but milk is normally something that is given to somebody like a baby from its mother. But God wants you to move into the meat of the Word. And meat, in order to get meat, you got to hunt. And you need to realize that sometimes reading the Word of God, the study of the Word of God, is a hunt. Yeah. You need to treat it like a hunt. If you want to get some meat, you've got to study Scriptures. You've got to commit to the hunt. And when you commit to the hunt, God will begin to open the eyes of your understanding like never before. God wants us to be hunters. What is your approach to Scripture? Do you, do you just kind of hope that somebody's going to spoon-feed it to you? Or are you on the hunt? I know for me and this girl, when we get into the Word, I am digging. I am going after it. I know there's stuff in there for me. And I'm going to find it, and I'm going to research, and I'm going to study. So, so here's what we do. If we're going to be hunters of the word, we need some tools in order to hunt with, right? If you're a hunter, any hunters in the house, you know you've got to have the right stuff to go out and hunt. You need weapons. You need camo. You need stuff to help you to hunt. So we need stuff, tools, in order to help us in the hunt. So I want to give you some tools. The first one is this. I have this Bible. I brought it up here with me this morning. This is my, this is my home study Bible. And uh, this Bible, when I got this Bible, it's when I really learned to start loving the Word of God. As you can see, and I'm not trying to look real impressive or anything, but this thing is falling apart. And uh, it's got notes all through it. But one of the great things, the reason I was able to fall in love with this Bible is because it has a commentary in it. And, and when I started reading it, I don't know if, if you were this way, but I would read the Bible and I would find myself just going, I don't know what this is talking about right now. But this little Bible, it has little things, little footnotes you can read that will explain things to you. And at the beginning of every chapter, it would set the setting, and it would tell you the time, it would tell you who wrote it, and what was going on in, in the nations at this time. And, and when I started studying this way, it changed my life. I started getting revelation. I started getting a hunger for the Word of God, and I love commentaries. I love them. And so I, I use this Bible all the time. Uh, there's a Bible app that I love called the Blue Letter Bible app. It's a free app you can get. On, uh, on iTunes, and it's got tons of commentaries by guys like Matthew Henry, David Guzik. It's got messages that Charles Spur Spurgeon wrote. There's all sorts of awesome stuff in that. And so a good commentary is something that can really help you. Right. I love Bible Hub. If you're taking notes, Bible Hub's a great website. Also, just Google. If, if you're wanting to know um, about a certain scripture, about a certain word, the power of the Internet is an amazing thing. Uh, you, you just Google what does Ephesians 4.24 mean, or what does this verse mean, or uh, what are some, some verses that correspond with this verse? And it'll take you on a really cool journey through God's Word. Um, this is another one that I love. It's called the Complete Personalized Promise Bible. And Josh read earlier how there's the Bible's full of great and exceeding and precious promises. And this book, is it's taken every promise in the Word. Um, it's over 1,800 promises. And so when I'm reading in my regular... New Living Translation Bible, and something really st uh, stands out to me, I go and see what it says in this Bible, and it turns it into a promise. It turns it into a prayer. It's really cool. It personalizes the Word of God. So the Personalized Promise Bible Yeah, this great. is another really great devotional, but it's also just a great study tool. Uh, it's called Sparkling Gems from the Greek by a guy named Rick Renner, and Sarah calls this her big, fat Greek devotional. And... Uh, <laughs> What it does is he, he takes verses in it and he breaks down certain words 
from them from the Greek, the original Greek language that they were written in, and it helps you to have a better understanding of, of what God was saying or what Paul was saying or what the, what, the, what the Word of God is saying in some of these verses. It really helps it come alive to you. And the other cool thing about it is it's all um, put together in such a way that you can look up certain verses. So if you're studying a certain verse, you can look it up in here and see if there's anything written about it. That will help you study it more. Another really great one, Sarah kind of hit on this, but there's this thing, you may have heard of it before, it's called the Internet. <laughs> It's, really great. it's a really great resource when studying. There's a lot of great tools out there. Now, there, are, there is a lot of junk out there, and I would encourage you to you know, not just read maybe Joe Schmo's blog about some verse or whatever, but if there, there's proven preachers and pastors and leaders out there that you can study some of the things that they've said, and it will really help you to have a revelation of the Word of God. When we were talking about this message and what the Word of God means to us in our lives, what... What, what the Bible means to us, uh, the Lord just reminded me of so many stories where I've gone back to the Word. Can I see that Bible? Where I've gone back to the Word, and it's, it's been exactly what I needed, exactly when I needed it. And um, a couple of months ago, it was October 2016, Josh and I found out that we were pregnant. We were expecting a little baby. It was a surprise pregnancy, but we were excited. Um, as soon as you see the two little lines, your heart just falls in love with the idea, with the thought of a new son or daughter. I love being pregnant. I love newborns. Two of my best friends just found out they were pregnant. So it was a really exciting time. And because it was my fifth, I popped out like that. I mean, started to show immediately. I actually took the test because I was like, I think I might be pregnant. Um, just because my tummy had popped out, we decided to do a, a cute photo shoot and announce it to our family and friends on Facebook that we are expecting a little baby. Well, we did that. Everyone was excited. And then two days later, I woke up and started to miscarry. And it was a complete shock to me because we had lost a baby before at 20 weeks um, our third pregnancy, I delivered a son stillborn. And after that, I had all the faith in God, in the world, that I would never lose a baby again. So this was like, I was shocked. Um, and as I lay there that morning, knowing what was happening, he was at the gym, my kids hadn't woken up yet, and I felt really alone. And I just kind of cried out to God, Lord, what now? Like, what now? Why now? Why did we do that announcement two days after? Like, you knew this was going to happen. Like, I just had all these questions. And as I cried out to the Lord and just kind of in a really sincere place with him, he just said, open your Bible. Get into, your, get into the Bible. And so I reached over and grabbed my, grabbed my Bible from my nightstand, and I turned to Psalm 46. I had been studying it earlier that week because, of course, God knew that I would need it that day. So I opened my Bible, and it was the last place I read, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present and well-proved help in trouble. I loved that part. He's well-proved. He's helped me through this before. He's proved himself faithful, a well-proved help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains be shaken and slip into the heart of the seas, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its roaring. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved, and God will help her when the morning dawns. This is why I love 
this book. This is why I want you to love this book because it is a constant in my life. And no matter what's going on, no matter what circumstances I may be facing, there's no other book that I could open and get an answer like that at the exact moment that I needed it. This book is alive. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it does pierce through the things that your heart faces. This is an amazing book, and I'm so thankful for it, and I want you to love it because I know what it's been to our family. It's been everything to us. So read God's word, but more importantly, love God's word. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? Just take a moment and just listen to whatever God may be speaking. Maybe you find yourself in a little place of correction today where you feel like you've just formed some habits when it comes to the Word and you want to step into a greater relationship with God through His Word. Maybe you just sense God's love for you this morning. It's amazing. I just Today, the presence of God was in such a loving way. From the beginning of worship throughout, I just, I just sense the love of God in this place. I want you to know God loves you and He's given you everything you need. And there's amazing inheritance for you. And there's great and precious promises available to you. It's all found in this book and in this relationship that we can have, knowing God, knowing His Word, knowing Him, coming to know Him in greater ways. So Lord, we, we love you today. We thank you for your Word. We thank you, Lord, that, that this book has been given to us to, to guide us and direct us through life and help us in every area of our life. And we choose today to, to pursue the habit of loving your word, to pursue a relationship with the Bible, to approach it in a different way than we ever have before. We thank you, Lord, as we take these steps towards you, God, that we'll find that you come running to us with open arms. I pray this week, even as we dig into your word in greater ways, Lord, that you would just blow people away by the revelation that they can pull from Scripture, guided by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.